Well, good morning, y'all. There's a couple subjects that's been just very intense in my heart in recent recent uh, uh, months. One is is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and two is the heart of the Father, the heart of the matter, really. In fact, the latest book that I'm writing is on called The Heart of the Matter, and it deals with the heart of the Father, heart of the Son or Daughter of God, and how that transcends from the heart of a slave or a child into the heart of son or daughter. And uh, many different facets of that, just about the heart. And uh, because it's so easy to take this Christian life and make it into a performance-based thing, when the reality is God is, is desiring to release in us, out of us, the fullness of who he is. And one of those facets of what everything's about, and that's love. And that's where today the whole thing about love is what it's about, receiving the love of God. And I've, I've poured it, sort of made it generic there at the beginning on purpose. Recently I was ministering with a guy who, uh, he's not from this church, but I was, he was talking about being very, in a very abusive family. His mother was abused very badly. He and his brother were abused very badly. And he's just talking about this abuse that he faced. But then he said something very interesting, right? He's just talking about all the abuse. And then he just transitions and he goes, but we knew that our dad loved us. And I go, that's interesting. That is interesting. One moment he's talking about intense abuse from his dad. Next moment he's talking about, oops, Marcus, I forgot. Next minute he's talking about uh, his dad loving him. And I'm going, what a contrast. How could this guy receive the fullness of love and allow their exp- the expression of God the Father freely into his heart with that kind of programming. In fact, that was the issue that we headed to in his life. Or one time I heard a young girl who had been in ritual abuse. She was about 16 or 17. And the guy that was ministering to her, I was just hearing it and observing it. And all of a sudden he says, he says to her, Jesus loves you. And her, her statement was, will it hurt? Because why? For her love. In a family, in fact, her family was the center and the point of this abuse, this ritual abuse. And so these definitions that we have in our hearts, and we've talked about definitions many times, but when it comes to love, it's critical because God's desire is for us to receive it. You know, we see uh, in the Word of God uh, like how there's commands to love God and love one another as yourself, in the, out of the law. And then Jesus says, I command you to love one another even as I loved you. And you all know that in the law of spirit of life in Christ, in fact, the whole word of God, to me, the commands of God are never given for us to perform. The commands of God are given to speak into us the very nature of what God is speaking. Like God said, let there be light. It's a command. So he, all of a sudden, light didn't go, oh, hearketh, let me perform it. No, it didn't. Guess what? There was darkness, and God said, let there be light. And he spoke it. 
And it's sort of what God is, not sort of, it is what God's doing us. He speaks into us his things and he speaks it, his commands, and into us he speaks life. Like it says in 2 Corinthians 4, where God has uh, shown, he said that light shall shine out of darkness is the one who is shown in our hearts to give light of the glory of God, which is in the face of Christ. Today, love. Now, love and faith, let me just speak something here foundationally. The law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which is a law of actions from the heart. And it only has two actions, two effects to do. And notice in 1 John 3.23, let's, let's go on there, and where it talks about this is the commandment that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Believe, faith, or love. All that the law, spirit of life in Christ Jesus is about. I'm not going to go into that today, but I'm just laying this foundation. It's all it's about. Faith and love. And, and let's just look at this real quick and just to lay this foundation, how important it is in Hebrews eleven six, where it says, without faith, it is impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. To those who come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Or in Romans fourteen twenty three, with you know, he who doubts is condemned if he eats because eating is not of faith. Whatever is not of faith is sin. So anything outside the parameters of faith, God's glory for us is sin. Well, the thing that empowers faith is love. And notice the preeminence of love in, in Scripture. And you see in your notes in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. Uh, let's go to the next slide, if you would, please. Where it talks about uh, love. This is it. No, that ain't it. I messed up. Anyway, I think I've got messed it up. But you know how it talks about in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3, where it talks about um, what should it profit if I have faith to move mountains? Is this it? No. I, I, evidently, I messed up and didn't put that slide in there. So i got to put that in the next one. But if I have faith to move mountains and do not have love, what does it profit me? If I, if I offer my body to be burned and do not have love, what does it profit me? Or how, the, how about the First Timothy 1 Timothy 1.5 passage where it says, The goal of our instruction, the end of our instruction, is love from a pure heart and sincere conscience. So everything's about faith and love. So y'all, in fact, I just want to speak that, y'all. If you get distracted, and if you do anything outside the parameters from the heart of faith and love, guess what? No effect. In fact, it will be sent. In fact, God God has been really speaking into my heart that I would not do anything outside those parameters. If I'm operating in anything other than that, don't try to change it. The action, change your heart. Last, uh, about two or three weeks ago, and I've shared this testimony a number of times because it's so appropriate. I was, uh, I was teaching in, in uh, Roanoke at the church that we're, place that we're thinking about birthing a church over there and praying about and seeing what God's doing. Well, I was teaching along, and all of a sudden I'm teaching, sharing an illustration about how ministry can be kind of ugly sometimes. And I was purposely kind of including all the gory details, to be honest with you, to try to 
you know, just impressed that things are not sometimes as they seem nice and sweet and pretty. So I'm, I'm speaking these details of this ministry situation. Paula, who's sitting right next to me, goes, too many details, you know, something like that. Well, here I am preaching, and uh, here I go again. Did I have a problem with this thing before? So, so uh, anyway, here I'm preaching. All of a sudden, she says this, and, and it just pushed a button in me. Now, there was a really hard, there was a very intense atmosphere of love in the place. And I was, I was in the river of it, too. But all of a sudden, she said this, and, and, it just, and I just, I didn't, didn't speak anything loud or anything like that. I just spoke very intensely. I want them to understand this. Speak it. And I, and I spoke it intense, even more intense than that. So anyway, I just went on teaching, spoke that and went on teaching. So we, after the meetings over with, you know, we get in the car and driving home, and all of a sudden Paula goes, I want you to pray about something. <laughs> and she said, she said, uh, yeah, you go, uh-oh. <laughs> But she said, uh, you hurt me then that, uh, tonight. And I go, how? You know, here he goes, clueless. And she said, how? And, uh, and, I, and I said, how? And she goes, well, you remember when you were teaching and how you spoke intense and stuff like that? And so all of a sudden she said that. All of a sudden I felt this welling up within me, this thing to defend myself. And I've been on this journey to really... Uh, God's been challenging me about this thing about defending myself with my wife. Why does the world is there a need to defend myself with Paula? She's my wife. So why do I need to defend myself? Why do I want to protect myself? And so anyway, you know, this is uh, it's stirring up in me. And the Lord's, I'm hearing this and there's this place, temptation. You know how eternity slows down in those moments? And you're hearing many things at one time, and I'm going, defend yourself. The Lord's going, listen. And uh, and I said, okay, okay, I'll listen. And the Lord started speaking to me things, and of course, Paula's helping me out too. And many times the voice of the Lord sounds like Paula. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway... She's not in here, is she? But anyway, she's, she starts sharing to me, Rick, you know, if you would have said, uh, if you, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said that to interrupt you, but, you know, maybe if you would have said, you know, hey, babe, I hear your heart. I hear what you're saying. I just need them to understand the details. You know, it wasn't what I said. It was what I said it. Speaking the truth in love. And so all of a sudden the Lord starts speaking to me. He says, Rick. Why did your love get provoked? Because you know what 1 Corinthians 13 says? Love is not what? Provoked. In other words, there was a point in time in there where that my love stopped. And I left the love of the Lord and I entered into the flesh. Now, Paula, Paula was so cool. She, she was full of mercy in that she's expressing to me. I, I hurt her in love. And then, and then she starts giving me grace and telling me how to respond in it. And, you know, it's kind of funny. Somebody said to her earlier, she says, oh, it was really sweet that you really were able to respond to Rick like that. And she says, well, that was at the beginning of the service, and I had time to repent during the whole time <laughs> and deal with my issue. But by the time she got to me, she was able to speak it in love. And, 
But anyway, I started thinking about that, and there was a temptation. I could hear what she said, and I could perform it, how to speak it. But then the Lord starts telling me in the midst of this whole thing, he says, Rick, you have two major strongholds, this is a paraphrase, you have two major strongholds in your heart that caused, when Paula spoke, that pushed your buttons, that caused you to leave love and enter into the flesh. And see, what, what I'm trying to talk about, the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus is not to hear something and try to perform it. What you're trying to do is, is to allow it to be released from the depths of your heart, and that's what God's desiring to do. It's to allow us to receive it, because the reality is, y'all, we're like the moon. We do not have any illuminary characteristics in and of ourselves. We can't shine on our own. And many times we try. Okay, love. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me, y'all have heard me say this before, it's Max now when he's, he's with us this weekend when he has to go to the potty. <laughs> it's how we're trying to start. I will love Mitch. <clears throat> you know, that, that's, that's sick. Trying to strain something out. And God is, it's not there. Well, it's there, but it's being bound up. And God's heart is to see us free, to receive it. And just like I said about the moon, the moon's ability to shine is in relationship to its ability to, to receive light. Our ability to love is in correlation to our ability to receive love. And I'll go on about that. In fact, I've got ahead of myself. Because the power of love in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is immense. Just look at these, this list of things here. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, Love never what? fails in in galatians 5 6 faith works through love you need you lack faith guess what love and the, it'll be a river it'll be a river to carry your love along what, what else it says i don't care how to put this in order love is in colossians 3 14 love is the perfect bond of unity when you're in love with people guess what you want to be with them. It unifies you. Guess what, y'all? When we have to fight for unity, there's a problem in our love. And, I, and there's things that God's doing in dwelling place, y'all. This, this hand that God that needs to be healing in our love. In fact, be honest with you, many times we get focused on what we know and not what and how to love. And like in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, it's not up here, where it says we know we all have knowledge, but... Knowledge puffs up, but love, love edifies. If somebody thinks he knows something he does not know, yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves, he's known by God. I'll be honest with you, y'all. In the flesh, you're looking at Mr. Solus Realm. You're looking at Mr. Arguer here. I mean, you've heard me say before, I would look, you know, I thought about putting a sign out of my door, Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons, welcome, please come. Because I would love to discuss and argue Scripture. But I, I've got to a place in my life now, even in our elders' meetings, when we start discussing in, in the issues, but I hate it. I'm going to be honest with you, I hate it. Because when you st when I start worrying about the knowledge of how to do something, whether it's good or bad, rather than love, it just kind of, and I know those things are important. But I guess there's this place in my life that I'm kind of, I just want to love. My life is so complex. 
Perfect love does what? Cast out all fear in Galatians. I mean, First John four. Love empowers our hope not to be disappointed. In fact, y'all, in the body of Christ, I'm gonna do something with this thing. That uh, love of God operates in such power that y'all hope will never be disappointed. It never will be disappointed. In First John, in First Peter four eight, perfect. I mean, love covers a multitude of sins. In fact, love is it. In fact, I heard a guy talk about one time, a guy named Tommy Tyson, said that, uh, he said this, if you aim at love, and that's what your life's about, you're not going to miss it by much. And so, y'all, the whole focus that I think that God is doing within us is to get into this place of love. Now, let's ask a question. There's a question I want to ask in this next slide. And it's also on your sheet. How do I walk in a manner? How do I walk in love with allowing it to be a law to perform? Now, let's let that sink in. How do I walk in in love without allowing it to be a law to perform? Now, you remember earlier I said, law, my conviction is the law is given to speak into us things. And, it, and I could go on that, and I could start about the power of the Word of God and how we're to be like Mary said, be it done unto me according to your Word, and making us pregnant with the power of God's Word. I don't have time to go into that. But I've seen the reality of it. So the next thing is the reality. What I found is, is, is this thing working? Let's go to the next slide. And what I want to look at is in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Now let's look at this. If most of you could probably quote this, but in it is it's pregnant with so much meaning. Look at this. It says in 1 John 4, 7 and 8, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is, is from God, out, literally out of God, out of the midst of Him. In fact, there's two Greek words that have prepositions that are two Greek words that mean from. One of them literally means like from the outside of, like from, from, like I'm from Mitch. Then there's another one that's the the Greek preposition ek, it literally means out of the midst of. And when it says love is from God, it's the one out of the midst of. God is love. And notice this, everyone who is born of God knows God. The one who does not love does not know God. For God is love. And you heard me say this before in relationship to faithfulness. God does not have love. He what? Is love. He don't, let me say this, he don't do love acts, he is love acts. If he does anything other than love, hear this, if he does any kind of act other than love, it's not him. That's why you can read the Old Testament and you can see hardcore acts done there. But if you don't know, you don't look and see the fullness of the word of God, the fullness of truth is in, in his word. Let me just tell you, you have to stamp over it. If it's anything to do with God, it's got to do with love. Because God is what? You want to do anything with God, you better do love because He is love. And so, and so, it, and so love is an emotion that literally comes out of the reality of Him. Emotion. Yes, an emotion. How else could... Fear be overcome by love if it was some quantifiable mindset. 
not too long ago, I was ministering to a, a young man who was wrestling with about being married and about to get married to somebody or whether to be married. And, and I asked him the Ecclesiastes 9-9 question, enjoy life with the woman whom you love. Enjoy life with the woman whom you love. All the days you're fleeing life, this is your reward under the sun. You're toiling the sun. I said, do you love her? And he goes, well, that's subjective. And I said, no, it's not. It's an emotion. And I asked him, there was this particular hobby that he does that I know he loves. And I asked him, uh, do you love this particular thing? And he goes, yeah. Is it subjective? No. And I said, well, you do, do you love so-and-so more than you like this hobby? And he thought a minute. He says, I don't think so. Now you got your answer. Because love is an emotion that overcomes fear. You mean, well, you want to see it? Goes look on the part, look on the side of the streets. Watch, two, watch a couple that are, quote, in love with each other. I don't care what kind of love it is. Guess what? They don't care who's around. It cast out all their fear. All embarrassment. When you're in this place of love, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been shed abroad on earth. It is so powerful. It's an emotion that we could spend a lot of time talking about it. But y'all, the reality is we cannot do it on our own. And that's where 1 John 4.19 says, we love, why? Because, say this with me, I love because he first loved me. The moon's ability to shine is because the sun first shone on it, right? Your ability to love is because God has first shined in your hearts. Now, Let's look at this thing in 4.7 a little bit deeper. Let's go to the next slide again. Beloved, let us love one another. For, for love is from God, out of God. Now, what's this next statement? For everyone who loves is. For everyone who loves is. Now, interesting thing. In the Greek, you can tell the verb... By, well, you can tell what kind of action the verb is by the, by the endings on it. It's very critical, very critical. Because if you look at this, you go, you know, well, everyone who loves is born of God. In other words, people in the world love. They do. Unbelievers love. Muslims can love. They'll lay down their life for another person. I've watched their love for their kids. It's love. But. Interesting thing about this, everyone who loves. That is a, what is called a present participle. A present participle communicates meaning continuous unbroken action. See, what I'm talking about is what's described in aorist tense, where it's point action. Oh, okay, you can love your kid. But then go down the street, and guess what? You want to kill a Christian. Oh, got a gap here. So it's point action and love. But the one who is born of God is the one who loves continuously. Now, 
Y'all, as we were, Ron McCall was illustrating this for us. The reality is, y'all, that we're being transformed into the image of Jesus. We're being transformed by the what? Renewing of our minds. Because I wish I could sit here and tell you that my life is an unbroken line of love. Obviously, I just shared a testimony of to you that a point in time, I, with Paula, I wish I could say to you that was the only time in my life that I have had this breakdown of love. But, you know, but there was a gap in my love. So guess what? There's a revelation. The fullness of God's love has not been manifested in me. I left love. I did. Do you say, oh, you don't love Paul? No, 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 no. She's my wife, yes. But my capacity to love her with the agape love of God is not in fullness. There was a gap. Or the times, that's why 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is so crucial. Because you look at it, love is patient. Oh. You can stay away because I'm talking about this. No, no, she's gonna. Yeah, she's here now. <laughs> but, but you know, all of a sudden, when one of the kids or something happens, Paula does something, and and I get short, no patience. Guess what? I've left love. There's a gap in me being able to walk in the fullness of this love that God's talking about here. So, what does it say? Everyone for. For everyone who loves, now it starts to describe it, is. Everyone who loves like this, is. Here's where it gets wild. Is, is. Everyone who loves is. Now y'all, if you can love in this continuous unbroken line here. In other words, guess what? Love, your love cannot be provoked. Your love will never bring up past because love does not take into account wrong suffered. Love believes all things, hopes all things. Guess what it does? It endures all things. It is all of that stuff. Let's call it what it is, y'all. Because the body of Christ said many times, oh, we're love, and guess what? We kill one another. Oh, maybe not in the physical, but in the heart we do. Because why? We entertain anger. Judgments, bitterness, we're not in love. We're not walking in love. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, you got to get it drummed up. Got to do it. Got to do it. We ought to. We ought to. I hate all the sermons. We ought to. We ought to. I hate those. I used to preach them. (laughs) And I was preaching to myself. Here's the reality of God's Word. It says, Everyone who loves is. Okay. Well, in English it says born of God. You know, I was was studying, just studying about love and about this passage. And I was looking in a rekindle in here. All of a sudden, the depth of that word, born of God, ganao, I saw what it meant. Everyone who loves, this is it, can be translated literally. Everyone who loves is fathered of God. Hear it. Everyone who loves, unbroken, is fathered of God. Let me prove it to you. 
Go to the next slide. Look at this, 1 Corinthians 4.15. For if you were to have countless tutors in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. That's the normal Greek word for fathers. Pater. But watch this. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father. Ganao. I fathered you. That's the same Greek word. It's back in 1 John 4, 7. Whatever is born of God has been fathered of God. Y'all, I don't mean just have a baby. Y'all, our society is screwed up. Because we think that having babies is, makes you a man. No, having babies makes you a father. No. I found that out when I had two kids. thought I was a father. When I realized I was just a dad who had his head stuck up his butt many times. And I'm, excuse me for being so real, but it's the truth. Because, and all of a sudden, I've been in this quest to be, well, honestly, to be father. God. Oh, it's massive. It's big. It's different. Let's go, let's go to the next slide. Look at this again. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is out of God. Love is out of God. Love is out of God. He has babies, it's going to be like him, right? If he has babies, it's going to be like him. And if he trains the babies to be like him, they're going to be like him. For the one who loves continuously has been born, been, has been birthed out of God, and then he's fathered out of God. We have the nature of God in us, which is, which is in the spirit is love, is holy, is righteous. But the gap is in my heart. In my mind, in the fullness of my soul, where I'm being transformed by the what? Renewing of my mind. Okay. Whatever's, whoever loves is fathered of God. And, notice the next slide. Knows God. Now notice it. Think about it. Everyone who loves is fathered of God and knows God. Knows God. Knows God. Knows God. Did you hear what I said? It meant what? Knows God. I don't mean you know details about. I don't mean like you believe facts about. You know Him. He knows you. If you don't love, 4.8 says you don't know God. Now, don't think that I'm not saying you're saved. Not saved. That's not what I'm saying. You can believe a fact that God raised Jesus from the dead and be saved. For if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead, you can be what? Saved. One simple conviction will give you eternal life. That God raised Jesus from the dead. I can believe with all my heart that Barack Obama is the president of the United States. But I can believe that and not what? Know him. Like his kids do or like his wife does. Big difference. I can believe God raised Jesus from I can believe he's holy. I can believe he's righteous. But I can believe those facts 
and not what? Know Him. But I say this, y'all. We cannot not know Him and not be in Know Him. Know Him. Watch this John 17, 25 and 26 passage. In 25 he says, O righteous Father, the world has not known you. But then notice what he says. Now y'all, if any passage of Scripture you've ever heard me preach, let this be the one you remember. Okay? Other than Romans 10, 9. Let it be this one. Jesus is praying to the Father and says, I have made your name known to them. Get this. I have made your name known to them. Tense there? What tense is that? Past tense. He has made whose name? What name? This is Jesus talking to God. God, the Father. What name? There's only one name under heaven which a man may be saved. That's correct. But there is another name for another purpose. And you've heard me say it in this place. There is another name for another purpose. And Jesus is saying, I have made your name known. And that's past and will make it known. That is what? Future tense. What is the name? Well, he just said, what? Father. Now, let me ask you a question. When you hear name in Scripture, what are you to think? What? Nature and character. Jesus is saying, Father, I have made your nature and character known to them, and I will make it known. That's future tense. He spoke the, the first part to the disciples before he died on the cross. The after one, the past, the, um, the future tense one in this passage is, is Galatians 4, 6. God has sent forth the spirit of who? Who? Who's his son? Jesus. He sent the spirit of his son, Jesus. Where? Into our hearts crying out, what? Abba, Father. What? That's t- Abba, Father. That's the future tense. Why? That the love that is in me may also be in them. And I am. Get that, y'all. Those... Everyone who loves is born, is fathered of God, and guess what? Knows the Father's nature and character. Knows the Father's nature and character. Knows. So, y'all, there's two qualifications for a person to be able to love, be fathered from the Father who is in heaven. And to know his nature and character. Now, y'all, when I am not walking in love, that's a signal to me of one of two things. There's an area in my heart that I have hit that's not Father. There's an area in my heart that doesn't know who he is. See, what happened that night while I shared with him about a couple weeks ago thing. And I've had some opportunities since then to go, okay, babe, forgive me. What happened to my love? I've had some of those opportunities. But like that night, guess what? There was a revelation in me. There was a particular facet in my heart that was not fathered by God. The Father. So anyway, 
releases this love into my heart. What, what enables me to be fathered by Him? What enables me to be fathered and to know Him? What is it? Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you need to go have a quiet time. You need to sit down and pray. Hey, oh, let me ask a question. Just chasing a rabbit. We do. I, I, I'm going to chase a rabbit. Let's bust something up here. It has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, sort of. But I'm going to bust it up anyway. I got sick of us being religious. Somebody gets saved and we go, okay, you want to know God. You want to be in love with God. You need to have a quiet time. You need to read your Bible. You need to memorize Scripture. You need to share the Gospel. You need to go to church. In other words, we're telling them to do these things so they'll have this stuff. You know what God's saying? You love me. And when you love me, you know what I want to do? I want to be in His Word. I want to hear. I want the kisses of His mouth. May He kiss me with the kisses of His mouth. That's His Word. Y'all, there's something wrong when I don't want Paul to kiss me. Isn't there? There's something wrong when I don't want the kisses of His mouth. It's not me doing the thing. It's something wrong with my love. So. And I'm going to just tell you, y'all, it boils down to the place of being fathered by the Father. But, I've got a but. In the doorway, now this, is, this is going to push some buttons. Okay? I'm going to speak a word, and I'm going to, I want you all to just allow what pops up in your mind first. Okay? I'm going to pick somebody. Okay? And I'm going to tell you this one word, and you tell me what it means first. Come down in the depths of your heart. Don't give me the religious answer, okay? Discipline. Allison, what's the first thing that pops in your head? Ooh, cool. Good. Anybody kind of go, eh? Anybody? Raise your hand. What, what came to your mind, John? Punishment. Yeah. But that's that is only one facet of discipline. And in fact, it it is uh, always uh, whenever it's given from the Father, it's always an expression of love. Now let's go in details about this, and let me show you. First off, let me just speak this: the doorway. Hear this? Here's the crazy thing: the doorway into the love, into love. Period. Into love, period, is discipline. Let me just put it this way. The doorway to love Paula as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. That is my destiny, y'all, to love Paula just like Jesus. The doorway of that is discipline. What does that mean? It does not mean what John said, necessarily. In fact, if it does occur what John discerned, it is only to bring something out that was being hidden. Oh. My son, Shay, I, 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 Paul and I just love watching him and his wife, Leela. I'm not saying we did it perfect. I'm not saying but I am saying this. I watch him. 
and Lila in love with each other. Now watch how he just serves her continuously and seeks to empower her. I watch him being a defender of, of, of women. And I, and I go, I go, thank you, Lord. But you know where he got that? Discipline. Discipline. He was disciplined. But what does that mean? Here's the Greek words, padia and padua. It's training instruction of a child. Notice this in Ephesians 6.4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. But, I wish I could be like, I don't want to do this. It embarrasses us all. How many of us dads in, in this place have punished our kids out of anger? We've exasperated them. I, I think back at times that I knew that I'd exasperated Michelle. Time that I, I think back, and I'm like, oh God. I talked to her about that since. And ask for forgiveness. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. That, the Greek word there for instruction has a tendency to, to be the, the harsh word. But discipline is a word that's just simple, to train a child to like make his bed, train a child to, to love a woman from a man's standpoint, to train a woman to understand how to respond to a man and not be an enticement, train a woman that a woman would know who she is as a father. The book I'm telling y'all that I wrote about the heart of the matter, you know, I, I was going the heart of the God to Father. Yeah, I want to know your heart, Lord. The heart of a son or daughter, because God spoke to me, says before you can embrace the fullness of the heart of the Father, you have to have the heart of a son, not the heart of a slave, an orphan, or a child. And then the Lord Start speaking to me. Ah, you need to know the heart of the brother, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Then there's the heart of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I thought I was through. Then I was sitting in, a, in the office couple last week, hearing three daughters run their mouths. No, I don't mean that mean, but I mean talking. Tammy and Leah and Mims Driscoll. And all of a sudden, as they speak something, the Spirit of God, boom, in my heart. Start exploding scriptures in my mind. You need to know the heart of the father to the daughter and the heart of the father to the son. They're different. They're precious. The heart of the daughter. The heart of the father for the daughter. Like in Genesis 2 when God took Eve, took a rib out of Adam. Adam was formed out of the dust of the earth. Formed, simply made out of dirt. That's cool. I mean, cool. That's not bad. I like dirt. You know, that's cool. I don't mean less. But he took a rib and fashioned it into a woman, complex construction. You want to find complex, you come and hang around my house, guys, and I will let you be around the complex creature, Paula. But I'm sure you've got one too. <laughs> but interesting to me, took a rib and fashioned a woman, and it says this, he took and he presented her to him. Oh. That's it. 35, how many times? 30, I think it's 35 times the woman is called beautiful in the Song of Songs. 
I think it's 35. It's a whole bunch. The heart of the father to the daughter. Beautiful. Beautiful. Other than the heart of a son is unique and special too. But it's different. And then the Lord said, you need to show, you need to discover the heart of the mother for the son, the heart of the mother for the daughter. It's crucial. And why am I get off on that rabbit, y'all? Because you know what's happening? To train a child, a father needs to know how to respond to a daughter. A father needs to know how to respond to a son. A father, a mother needs to know how to respond to a son. And a mother needs to know how to respond to a daughter. It's different. Michelle, I look for Michelle to call. She's in Chicago. But there are times, and all of a sudden, she calls, and she goes, Hello, Michelle, what's up? And she goes right off the bat, she goes, Dad, um, can I talk to Mom? (laughs) What is that? Well, I've got enough revelation to know that there's some things that a, a father does not father a daughter about. That she needs a mother. So when I'm talking about this fathering, I'm talking about the God the Father. The cool thing about God the Father, he has both the heart of the mother and the father in it. And then he gave us, and, and it brings completion. I've got part of his heart, Paula's got the other. And we can't be without each other. So this place of discipline is to train up every facet of who we are. You know, in, in, discipline us in relationship to what? Notice this passage in Hebrews, Hebrews 12. Watch this. Let's go to the next slide here. For whom the Lord loves, He disciplines. Y'all, discipline is for what purpose in the first part of verse 6? What? Huh? If that's what it does. But what does it communicate? Love. He scourges every son that he what? Receives. Discipline communicates what? Love and what? Acceptance. I've had interns tell me, Rick, discipline me. And I, in the early days, I didn't know what they were saying. What are they saying? I've never been disciplined. I don't know that I'm loved and accepted. That's what they're saying. Because it goes on in that passage and says, if you do not have discipline, then you are illegitimate children. Illegitimate children. Now, let me put a pause here because I didn't define this. And I need to get back into this part here. But remember, I don't know, at some point in time in, within the last year or so, I taught on discipline in here. And I communicate to you how discipline has three levels. Discipline means to train or teach. That's the first level. Second level is reproof. And that's the reproof is the Ernie Tangalakis level. I'll never forget the dream, the dream Ernie had about reproof, the dream of his dad and him taking a test. And how reproof does not mean to rebuke. It's where Ernie took a test and he was in the place that where he was, and there was another guy in the classroom his dad was teaching. Correct me if I get this story wrong, okay? Because I don't want to violate it. It's such a beautiful story. His dad teaches class and they got to take a test. So they take the test. The guy next to him takes the test and aces the test. His dad goes over and is presenting the guy the test and congratulating him on acing the test. Ernie looks up on the table and sees his test. It failed the test. All of a sudden, he sees that and gets fearful. And what is his dad going to say? 
All of a sudden, his dad goes over, grabs the test, comes over, sits down next to him, and shows him what he did wrong and how to do it right. Never said a negative word. That's reproof. Not condemnation. When we're judged by the Lord, we're disciplined by Him in order that we may not be condemned. Reproof is never condemnation. I'll say this. Scourging is never condemnation. The way God scourges, and we did this whole thing. The main way God will scourge is to turn you over to your own devices. Y'all, that is not a cool thing. That is not a cool thing at all. There's three levels. So when I'm saying this discipline, I'm saying just train or teach. If I get it wrong, there's reproof. In other words, he'll show me how I did it wrong, he'll bring it right. If there's if I don't get it then, then I, I don't want it, you know, then guess what? I'd say, Rick, okay, this is what you want, this is what you get. And I can quote you the past scripture on that one. I don't have time to go into about teaching on discipline in depth. So anyway, let's go on. Now here, oh, so discipline is to communicate and let me just put this. To build up a heart of love and a heart of what? Acceptance. Notice the next one. All discipline for the moment seems not joyful but sorrowful. Yet to those who have trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. And I was thinking, Lord, righteousness, what is that? What, what, what are you trying to say? Oh, yeah, I just learned how to do it right? No. Righteousness in the New Testament, y'all. How is it established? What? By what? The righteous man shall what? Oh, get this. Discipline of the Lord is to train and develop my heart to love, my heart to know that I'm accepted, and then to develop my heart to believe in who He is and what He says. That I don't doubt it. But y'all, an orphan cannot love fully. A slave cannot love. Because why? Fear. A slave or an orphan will not have a chance. They will not believe in the narrative. They will not trust in the nature and character of God. Because they've never been what? Disciplined. And y'all, this is intensely powerful. To know. But y'all, we got a problem. We got a problem, y'all. I want y'all to notice this passage in Second Peter, Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. It's talking about the last days. It says, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Why will difficult times come? I want to ask you a question. Why do we have a problem in the Middle East? Why do we have a problem in the Middle East? Why do we have a problem in our inner cities? Why do we have a problem in our urban areas or wherever? Why do we have a problem in America? Why is it difficult times will come? Notice the distractions of love. But then there's one I want to poke Realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come, for men will become lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and this one unloving hit me. I'm going, okay, God, unloving, unloving. Okay, difficult times, unloving. Men will be unloving. And I looked the Greek word up, astorge, meaning without family love. Kid grows up, never knows what it's like for a 
for a dad to take him up in his arms, a him, a guy, and say, oh, man, you're a delight to my soul. Come, come, go with me. Come, come go with me and, and help me fix the car or help me do something. And why would we not? Oh, the dad may not do that because they're task-oriented. They want to get it done right, make sure that, and if their son helps them in that place, they might mess it up. I heard a testimony of a guy fathering a guy one day in the church. They were putting in some big beams, and uh, and they were nailing these two things, two beams together. And the guy had one of these hand sledgehammers. I call it probably what are they, about five pound hammers. I don't know. And uh, and there was a younger guy, teenager there, and, the, and there was the father figure. Not it wasn't his son. And it had a big spike. It had the nail in, you know, a big nail. Bigger than 16 penny. I don't, my ignorance is going to show here. But anyway, so the guy, the young man, he got the, the older man is holding the nail and says, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to hold it. And so I send the guy, young guy rears back and he, he swings at the nail and he misses the nail and he hits the guy's hand. Okay. Ouch. Can we say? But it was so impressed. That guy, the guy who swung the hammer was an older man when he told me this story. Because you know what the older man did when he did that? The older man did not yell at him, did not make a big deal out about it. He goes, ouch, let me help you get it right. I'll hold it again, and you get it right this time. You'll get it right. You know what that put into that young guy? That's father. Or a young girl to grow up knowing that she is beautiful. She is love. She is her daddy's special thing. Special prize. The apple of his eye. That's why she can't get seduced easily. The places where Michelle has fallen upon prey are areas in my heart where I have not loved her like God the Father. I did not discipline her. Now, when I'm saying discipline, I mean train her to know who she is as a daughter in that place. That's why. Notice uh, in Hebrews 12, verse 5 through 11, y'all, in Hebrews 12. Is all about discipline. All about discipline. Verse 11 is, you know, you know, all discipline does not seem to be yet joyous, but yet sorrowful. Afterwards, those who yield to the peaceful root of righteousness. Verse 12, I never understood this passage until recently. And notice what it said. This is in the context of discipline. And it, what is introduced in chapter 12? is fathers and God the Father, earthly fathers and God the Father. I want you all to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to share a passage with you that totally confused me, and I do not understand. So I pray that I don't cause confusion in presenting this. 
But before I read, show you the passage, I want to show you. I want you to notice this. So this whole passage is about discipline. Dads and God the Father. And it talks about God the Father disciplining us. I mean, trying to train us. But it tells us at the beginning, don't, uh, don't take it lightly when you're disciplined by the Lord or faint when you're reproved by Him. Because He loves every son that He scourges. Those are those three levels. Don't take it lightly. Because you know, what we'll do is we'll take it lightly when God the Father is disciplining us. We'll take it when He reproves us. We'll shrink back. Oh, I'm nothing but a failure. And He's going, don't, don't, don't go there. Don't go there. It's not what He's trying to do. He's not trying to condemn you when He reveals something we've done wrong. It's not what it's about. But then this thing hit me in Hebrews 12, 12. Watch this. Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble and make straight paths. I'm going to stop there before I go any further. Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak. Strengthen the hands that are weak and knees that are feeble. If you notice in your notes, I put down these Greek words. Hands that are weak. The Greek word parami means to, to neglect or to be unattended. Get this, the hands that are, that are weak. Uh, now, well, let me put a pause here. What is the purpose of, of, what is God's heart for the purpose of discipline? What three things is he trying to be birthed in our hearts? What three things did I say? Love, acceptance, and faith. The hands that are weak, that have been never attended. Knees. That are, where did, I, where did I put it? Knees that are literally paraluo, meaning to loosen from. It's one of the Greek words, that, it means to loosen, to put on to the side. Uh, it, uh, one of the words it uses to describe somebody as paralytic. But what, what he's saying is hearts that are, that are been put to the side. Hearts that have been paralyzed by how? No discipline. No discipline. Yeah. You know, in dwelling place, when we minister to people, there's two levels of sins against us that we deal with. One, sins of commission. Like where a dad would, not recently, where I had a young lady, she was in her 30s, come up to me and she's, I was teaching on the character of God the Father. She wasn't here from here. But he's speaking about the character of God the Father. And she says, you know, I hear you say this, but I want to ask you something. I was, my dad committed incest with me for years as I was a kid. And he told me it was God's will. Is that true? Now y'all, that's a heart, hands and feet. Hands that cannot embrace love, acceptance, and truth. Knees that cannot walk in love, acceptance, or truth. They're feeble. They're paralyzed. That girl's faith, she had, she developed multi-personality disorder because of the abuse of her father. Never disciplining her. Oh, he disciplined her. Let me take it back. He disciplined her, all right. He disciplined her in the area of what? Death. Not too, but, but what I'm dealing with, that's sins of omission. I mean, commission. 
But the ones that God has really been highlighting in my heart are the sins of omission. In other words, where God has created the capacity of a young man to know that he's loved, accepted. In fact, all the, the needs in there, but particularly you see this in, in, in discipline. Love, accepted, and the capacity to have faith and believe in the dad. But the role of a dad or a mom is to strengthen the hearts to know they're loved, accepted, and to believe. It's like the level in us has created us. And I, I never, uh, the fullness of this came true one time when I was with Michelle. And a couple of late, Michelle was experiencing some temptation in a particular area of her life. And so some precious sisters in this church took her, and they were, you know, not took her, but she went to them and she asked them to minister to her. And they were ministering. And, uh, and so, uh, ministering to her and, and I had gone over and, and I was sitting down with Michelle and Michelle was just being very very open with me about things that were going on in her life and and I mean it was so cool I mean it was it was really cool that, just to see her freedom to be able to be so real with me and share with me the hardcore stuff and uh, but as she started telling me that as they were praying with her they felt like that they were ministering to her, the area of her relationship with Shay and I knew, as soon as she was telling me the areas that she was dealing with, the symptoms of the problem she was dealing with was not her relationship with Shay. The problem was me. And I knew that we had, her and I had spent a lot of time walking through the sins of commission. But that day, as, as she starts, as she's talking, the Spirit of God showed me and said, Rick, Michelle has created a capacity of love here. For you to express the fullness of who I am, acceptance, and faith here. Your capacity to express it was here. This gap, Michelle, gap, Rick, has created in Michelle a sin of omission. Those areas in her heart were not prepared to grasp the fullness that I love her, that I accept her, that for her to believe. Your sins of omission. And that day I took Michelle and and I, you know, held her in my arms and I asked her, forgive me. And then I I prayed into her, which I'll tell you about in a few minutes. To pray into her those areas, those hands that are weak, that could not brace love and acceptance and faith to the fullness. The knees that were feeble, to pray into her, awaken, resurrection power. Bless God, you know. I don't know how people who do not have Jesus do not parent. I don't know how they parent. I can't do it all right. Mercy and grace is the only way I made it. The only reason why Shane and Michelle are still alive. We're still alive. The reason why I'm not in jail. I had considered that a couple of times when somebody considered hurting Michelle. And I kind of said, well, I'll just hurt him. I'll go to jail. I guess it would not be cool for an elder in dwelling place to be in jail. But guess what? They wouldn't hurt Michelle. That was not right. My wife rebuked me soundly. 
Y'all, let me just say something. I'm not the only one that feels In this church, there's areas of lack of discipline, like in the area of physical relationships. Lack of, lack of how to treat a woman. We've not been disciplined, y'all. I'm trained. How a young man treats a woman. Fully. Yeah, we tried to in the internship program to say, okay, a woman is to be respected and honored and valued. And that woman is never to be the butt of the jokes. A woman is to treat as a weaker vessel. Open the doors for him. A woman walks in the room, rise up, give respect, honor. Grant her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. Train. One of the heartbreakers for me is, is ministering to the, the young 20s in our church or some that came through our church, seeing it manifested in the area of physical. Oh, they're, they're holy, but all of a sudden I hear one talk about, about a young girl who is just beautiful, loves the Lord, and Rick, dealing with just illicit thoughts, sexual thoughts going into my head. And I'd ask the nor- normal questions, you know, like, you know, abuse, you ever been No. And I start asking questions, I start getting afraid because I'm realizing she don't know anything I'm asking her. She's, she doesn't know. But then I asked her, I said, uh, how did I, you know, how did you find out about sex? I mean, the fact of the matter, she's 20s, and she's got to deal with that issue, okay, because every month she's got that testimony. How did you find out? Well, my mother talked to me about it once. And that's all she's ever talked to me about. One time, Kathy and I ministered to a young girl in this same kind of situation. Her mother had never said anything to her about sex. Period. And I, nothing. And I mean, Kathy and I were there with her, and I'm going, to Kathy, I need to leave the room, and you need to be a mama for this girl. Kathy needs to discipline. Because never been trained and what happens is y'all you take a, a pure clean white marker board of a heart and there's never been discipline in other words spoke the word of god which is the only thing that will judge the things and tensions of our hearts y'all, our hearts are like fertile ground whatever you plant it it grows you plant a weed it grows you plant a, a seed of corn it grows it doesn't distinguish apart the only thing that distinguishes the seed is the word of god if a kid has never been disciplined in their heart i don't mean religious do's and don'ts i'm under conviction i've spoken this word to the women the, the leadership in the children's ministry. we need to develop a we need to hear the heart of god on 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 physical and relationship issues from a three-year-old all the way up to a, they get married. We need to, everyone, it needs to be sequential, and we need to know what the, we don't need to open doorways before the time, but we need to speak the truth in a way that empowers their hearts to grasp things. Now, I'm getting off. That's just a little rabbit trail. Because, y'all, we cannot stick our head in the ground. I'll be honest with you, I look around this sanctuary, I know some of the issues that we deal with in this church. Because why? I deal with them in that room. And don't think that Paula and I sit here and say we're innocent. You know, 
Our kids are 28 and 24, and I cry out, God, why is it that I know the things I know now? When my, why couldn't I have known it when I was... And the Lord says, this is why you're here now. Teach. Now, but there's a place that where God's going to us right now that he wants us to be disciplined in the air. He wants us to know. He wants us to be fathered in the area of love. And uh, in the area, the couple areas that the Lord, there might be sins of omission, sins of commission that you need to deal with. Where you were not father, because let me just pause here. What you'll see God the Father like you see your earthly dad. Here's, here, here's God the Father. Here I am. Here's my dad. How my dad fathers me is how I will see him. And I will not repeat the things that I've dealt with because I do not want to dishonor my dad. And there is mercy and grace there. And I've done it in the past and I refuse to do it again. But there in my dad's in our life now is very good in our relationship. So I thank God he's 88. And God's given me that opportunity for him to be 88. But there were issues that I had to deal with. And dad had to deal with me as a son. Sins of commission that were done. On both sides, as a son to a father, as a father to a son. And so what God is calling us to here is to lay aside the things in relationship to the lack of discipline as an earthly dad may have or have not. And allow God where it says, let's go to those next slides, please. Let's go to the next one, please. Wait a minute. I'm sorry, go back. But... Sorry about that. Let's go back one. Furthermore, we have earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. You know, that was the word I was, verse I was going to tell you. you know, this Hebrew word, this Greek word for respected, I'm sorry to say this because it may cause confusion. But that's not the Greek word for respect. You know the Greek word there? is the word for shame. And I'm going, wait a minute. What did, the, what did the translators translate it? Respect. I'll be honest. I think it means what it means. I know I'm stepping out there on the edge because here the translators of the New American Standard has one thing, but I'm just telling you what the Greek word is. It's just plain and simple, the word for shame. It's like Corinthians 4, 2 and, and many other words. Because why? Our fathers disciplined us and we shamed them. Because I'll be honest with you, I was a guy who shamed my dad. I rejected discipline. How powerful is discipline? How powerful is it to release love? There was a young man who was, came to our church here who craved for the intimacy of God, the Father. Craved for it. And one day, he was praying about the intimacy of the Lord, and the Lord said to him, he showed him a vision, a dream, not a vision, a dream, I'm sorry, remembrance of back when he was a kid, and he was on the front porch of his house, and his dad was spanking. He was about five or six years old. It really happened. His dad was on the front porch and he spanked him. And, and this guy resolved in his heart that he was going to make his dad pay for it. So he just threw this royal fit. So he threw this fit. And, his, and he just screamed and hollered, cried and all this stuff. And his dad turned around and walked inside the house. And, and they had the windows up on the porch. the inside. And so his dad goes in the house and he overhears his dad say to his mom, that's the last time I'll ever spank him. And his brother said in his heart, 
as a five or six year old. I won. That's it. I won. He'll never discipline me again. And guess what he did in his heart? He sentenced his heart to never again receive discipline. He condemned himself. And you, if, if you know the guy, you know him that he, that he struggled with love, acceptance, and struggling to believe that God is good. Because he rejected. And now we are God's saying in our hearts this morning. DJ, oh, I, hold on. Is to, to lay aside the issues of the past in relationship to our, our fathers. Give mercy. Especially if you don't have kids yet, give plenty of mercy. Because I promise you, if you don't give mercy, you're going to need it. But give plenty of mercy. Don't hold on to the fact, oh, well, I was orphaned or abandoned. Maybe you were. Maybe you don't even know who your dad is. But it does say in these passages, it said, go to the next slide there. He said, he'll be a father. If for my father forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Or in Psalm 68, 5, go to the next one. He says this. He says, a father of the fatherless. Don't think big areas. Think, don't think big life. Think areas in your heart. There's areas in your heart that are fatherless. Now, I want to pray something. I'm going to pray something, and we're going to show a video. Real, but not a, it's, not, it's, a, it's, it's a letter from our Father to us. Yeah. It is really real. It's a letter of our Father to us. Now, there's a guy narrating this, but I want you to notice on the very top, bottom right-hand side of, the, of it, you'll see... Passages of Scripture. This is true, y'all. This is true. He's today, I want to invite you to receive the discipline of the Lord. The training of the Lord about who you are, who you're who that you're loved, that you're accepted. So let me just pray this. Heavenly Father, as I look around this room, I see brothers and sisters who have been orphaned in particular areas in their hearts. But Lord, they were not disciplined and trained in the, in the, in the sweet things of you, Lord. Lord, that all of us, and Lord, we just cry out right now for mercy and we forgive for sins of omission and sins of commission, Lord. And Lord, if there's there, I just pray that they'll be brought up at a time, Lord, that's appropriate and they can deal with them. But Lord, I just speak mercy right now and forgiveness. And I speak that hearts to hear the truth. Truth. I want to I play this. And I just want to declare over you this. Can you hear me now? Yes, it is true. Yes, it is true. Listen to this. And I just want to declare. Yes, it is true. Thank you, Pastor. you are about to experience are true. They will change your life if you let them. For they come from the very heart of God. He loves you.
and He is the Father you have been looking for all your life. This is His love letter to you. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I'm familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered, for you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake. For all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you, simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul, and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart, for it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine, for I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day, I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you even as I love my Son Jesus. For in Jesus my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. 
Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father, and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Love, your dad, Almighty God. things that uh, blesses me about uh, being a granddad, like you can do it again. Sometimes I'll grab Max and I'll... and Francis and I just cry. Just I'll hear the heart of God the Father saying, that's how I love you. Even greater. And so, how we need to close out tonight, today, I just want to, as you heard these words, you had trouble hearing them. It felt like water off a duck's back. I just want to ask you to, not after, if nobody comes up, it's okay. But if you heard those words, and they were hard for you to grasp. I just want you to come up and face me across here in the front, if you would, please. Go ahead. Come on. We're not going to embarrass, we're not going to embarrass you. Stand in front of me right here. Face me. Any more? I know there's more. Is your... number of guys in here. You never knew the discipline of your father and your heart's wounded and broken. It shut down. There's some more. It's not a shame, point of shame to stand up and come up here and say, God, I need you to touch my heart. Heal my heart. One more. Some more. Ladies. I'll get around in front of them if you would. Come around front. Is there any more? You know, I'm not trying to elicit, you know, saying, you know, bad dads or anything like that. Let me just tell you, 
I just shared testimony about my life and my Michelle. It's not bad dad, good dads, y'all. It's this place of hysterias in our heart that affect, that have, that have not been disciplined, not grown, not been able to embrace love. So we're just going to just pray, and then I'm going to invite these that are in front of these to pray. Stand, is everybody stand to our feet, please? So, Heavenly Father, these that have responded, Lord, and there's a number of those who are not responded. Lord, I just speak that the lies that have occurred, the communicating to hearts that, Lord, didn't know, uh, were never taught that they were special, they were beautiful, they were precious. Lord, I just ask and I just cry out as a dad for forgiveness. Stand in the gap. Lord, for leaders in a church who represent the heart of God the Father, Lord, I ask for forgiveness and in ways we communicate who you are. Anything contrary to then really who you are. The wound and, and bind hearts up. Hands that would hinder them from embracing truth. Knees that were hindered in walking in truth. So Lord, I just speak right now healing into these hearts. I cry out resurrection power. Lord, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. For you've come that you might reconcile all men to yourself. And so, Lord, I speak healing in life. Now, y'all that are with them, I just invite you to just pray for them and just pray healing into their hearts. Hello. Hello. I also want to just, uh, just got a word from my wife, too. Just, I just want to pray this over us, Lord. I just pray, Lord, where the sins of omission have created, when there isn't anything there, I think the enemy sometimes comes and tries to lie and, and deceive. And so, Lord, right now, we just want to just ask that you would just remove those lies and deception, Lord, that we weren't loved, God, that we aren't loved. And, and God, that that scripture would remain so true, Lord, that you are a father to the fatherless. God, you are, a, God, even in those areas of omission where maybe our fathers didn't father us, God, you are there, God. You're so much more than even what me as an earthly father can do for my daughter or do for my son. I know I can do, I can do some, and I can do what you've called me to do. But God, you are so much more than that. God, you, uh, you don't leave us as orphans. God, you come and you love on us, God. And uh, so, Lord, I just pray that over these that have come and over us as a body. God, that those areas that were of commission or, I mean, omission, God, that you would come and remove those lies and you would replace it with truth, God. Truth that you father us. God, you want to walk with us. And God, that, that we'd be able to receive that discipline so that we could receive your love, so that we could receive what you have in store for us. And Lord, I also want to just break off the lies. I just really believe there's some of us out here that maybe, that, we just got in that place where I don't I don't know if I can believe I can do those things that Rick was describing. I don't know if I can be that type of father even forward. And Lord, I just pray that scripture. You have given us everything pertains to life and godliness as a father and as a mother 
to do the things that you've called us to do, whether we're 70 years old, whether we're 20 years old, God, and we're having to do these things or walk these things out, God. You've given us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of you, God. Get, help us, empower us to be able to believe so that we can know you, so we can know you. Fill, fill that gap, God, and that you give us strength and power to do that, to overcome. To be a father, even just being able to go, continue to go back and father, God, even as Rick was describing, God, continue to father. And Lord, we pray for that. There's one other area that I want to mention, the Lord just putting on my heart. That two, two ladies that are strong in the prophetic in our church spoke this last week that women in the church, there's a spirit that's right now, it's just in effect, to really put down women. And I want to stand in the gap for women that have not, see, let me just back up for women in this area, that I believe that the, the destiny of a man, no matter what, whether they're married or not, to a woman, is to speak the glory of God. A woman is the glory of man. In other words, you reflect, you speak into them the glory of who they are. They're not to be objects of, of lust. Not to be objects of lust. They're be, to be treasured. They're to be uh, they're a reward for the husband. And I, you know, I just cry out to the ladies in here, Lord, where, you, where you've lived in, in just feeling abused by men, by us men, have not been disciplined, taught that you're precious, you're special. I just ask your forgiveness for religious leaders like myself, for we've not empowered you, made you feel second class because you're not a man. So I, I just I want to pray this. Father, I just pray over the ladies in here, Lord, who have not been disciplined in the area how special it is to be a woman. So, Lord, I just pray for, and ask for forgiveness. Lord, I just pray the revelation of your love, Jesus, into them, Lord, that, you, you, uh, that the love that they can expect from a man is the love that's equal to that of Jesus. For Lord, you, you speak it into us. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. I speak it as a created principle within us. I receive it as a husband to Paula. And Lord, I speak to the men in this place. The, Lord, that we would know that we're not less than. That we are, Lord, that we reflect who you are. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, that the places that have been beat down, defeated, Lord, I speak, rise up in healing. And Lord, that it's okay to be loved and just cry and weep and re just rejoice in that, that they are loved. And I speak healing into the men who just told it and had to stuff it down and shut it up. I speak healing, Lord. So, Lord, I just thank you for this time and a blessing, Lord. And you're the Father to us all. And, Lord, I just pray healing and life that we can just enter this adventure of hearing your words about us, oh, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, we're going to do something. Mark's going to close us out. Um, just want to encourage you if you need any more, any other prayer. I know that uh, some of the elders and uh, will be around to also pray for healing. Uh, I know my uh, Brandon just had gotten some words in relationship to healing of a, of a right elbow, right Achilles calf area, cheek or upper upper jaw area, or right tricep. Just 
trying to learn to listen to the Lord and hear those. So if that's something that's going on with you today, I believe there's healing in the house today. Um, but if you have also have anything else you'd like to pray for, we're going to be here uh, to pray. And, and then Mark's got Yeah, the Lord was speaking to me before Rick uh, preached. I didn't know what he was going to preach on, but he said that, uh, you know, where we do this hugs, handshakes, and high fives here. And, and he wants us to do it here today. But he wants us, wants us to do it from this perspective. That when you give one of those hugs, handshakes, and high fives, it's like the Father is speaking through you. And when you get one of those, you're receiving it from the Father. You know, you, love has got to be shown. It's got to be understood that way. And to do it physically is important. So, uh, let me just pray and then uh, we're just going to release you to give those hugs, handshakes, and high fives around you. Father, I just thank you for this morning and your pouring out His love. And Lord, I pray that everyone that leaves today will have experienced your love. Lord, forgive us for those distortions we've had in our lives. And Lord, show us where they are so we can see clearly. But Jesus, as we leave here, let us receive these hugs, handshakes, and high fives in your love and your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and give those hugs, handshakes, and high fives. As you're doing that, just remember, that's why you need the body of Christ. This is family. And I just felt like the Lord wanted to speak that too. Go in peace. Pray if you need any other prayer, feel free to come. Thanks for coming.